thank you. And I just felt the heart of God wanting to be expressed through, through this, the beginning parts of this message, just, just feel like the heartbeat of God towards Christ Community Church as it relates to missions is, is thank you. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your investment. And I just, just felt as I was praying that, that God wanted you to know that he sees um, the effort, the commitment, the resolve um, to see uh, the gospel go in, its, in every form out to the nations of the earth. And uh, you know, as, I be, as I continue to think about that, as I continue to consider that, one of the things that came through to me was just all the investment you've made in us. And I know that uh, we're not the only missionaries that you've invested in. You've invested in many other initiatives. But just the investment that you've put into us as a family that's enabled us to do missions Actually, all the fruit of what has happened here at YWAM Perth is really your fruit. And I just, you know, that sometimes can be a bit of a cliche, but I just really felt God reinforcing that so strongly, that the fruit of what has happened here is your fruit. I was thinking about the thousands of young people that have been sent. I was thinking about the tens of thousands of people that have made commitments to follow Christ. I was thinking about the hundreds of thousands of people's lives that have been touched as people have stepped out and as people have gone. I was thinking about the hundred full-time missionaries in China that are connected to YWAM Perth and the, the people they're reaching, the people they're caring for, uh, the foster care uh, home up there. I was thinking about all these different facets and I was thinking about how that is part of Christ Community's church, church's inheritance. I was thinking about missionaries that have gone to some of the least reached peoples in one of these nations in the Indian Ocean. I was thinking about Thailand and the long-term initiative that's come out of Perth that's reaching out to uh, some of the most disadvantaged children there. I was thinking about France and how there's now a long-term missionary work there that's reaching out to re-evangelize France and reach out into parts of Europe and North Africa. I also began to think about just some of the initiatives that have happened over this past year. Uh, we have a couple, a team that's heading off to pioneer a new YWAM initiative in South Sudan. We have uh, a, gr a group that's pioneered a new YWAM base in Ethiopia that's come out of Youth with a Mission Perth. And we also have many other things that have taken place. I also began to think a little bit about one of our programs here in Perth. One of the programs that we run is a birth attendant school. And uh, we train women because they generally go to Muslim nations. We train women to go to Muslim nations and to be birth attendants, but not only do that, but to equip and train local birth attendants so that we can see uh, the care for mothers and for children in the developing world. And right here, I've got a list of all the babies that have been delivered through our birth attendance school. And this list just keeps going on and on and on. Uh, currently, the list is up to 5,355 people. And here we've got, we've got Number 5,148 is, is a little girl called Esther. 
and uh, just the lives that have been touched through Christ Community Church and the way they've invested into missions is demonstrated through these 5,000 plus lives that have been impacted in such an awesome way. One of the other initiatives that's come out of our birth attendance school is God spoke to two young ladies about being missionaries as young girls. And these, uh, these, these ladies uh, trained, trained, trained nurses, trained midwives, felt the burden to go to Africa long term and equip uh, local midwives so that they can be more effective in caring for women. Uh, and reducing the death of women in childbirth and also the child mortality rate there. So I just want to show you a quick video that, again, captures the heartbeat, I believe, that God has towards you. It captures God's heartbeat of what you've invested into uh, indirectly as you've got behind us. But this is, this is a picture of why we're in Perth, but this is, there's so many other initiatives that you've invested into, whether it be the Dominican Republic or through... CRWC and the investment of finance to, to, to really do missions in the nations of the earth. So as you watch this video, be inspired. My name is Serena. I'm from Switzerland. And when I was 12 years old, God put on my heart to be a nurse and to be a missionary in Africa. My name is Brianna, I'm from the United States, and when I was 14, God called me to be a missionary and to work in Africa with women and children. Bri and I met on the birth attendance school in 2012, and while we were in East Africa, we realized that God had given us the same vision. And through our training, God practically showed us the challenges that women in East Africa face throughout their pregnancies. Every day, 800 women die due to pregnancy-related problems. This woman is a hundred times more likely to die during her pregnancy. Than this woman. Nearly half of all child deaths occur during the first month of life. In most African countries, only half of the women receive skilled help during their pregnancy. One way to change these statistics is by training up local midwives to impact their own communities. Our desire is to make training available in hard-to-reach villages so that women can be properly cared for throughout their pregnancies. Through all of this, we want Jesus to be the center, and we want to see his kingdom come and his will be done on earth. We cannot see this change happen alone. In Africa, they say, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. So together, let's see the region of East Africa transformed. Yeah, so what a great video. Uh, two young ladies that have been equipped and trained and are now moving to uh, the foot of Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania and reaching out to see a movement of midwives right through Africa. So, you know, as, we, as I share that again, I just felt the heartbeat of God for Christ Community Church is thank you. 
Thank you for your commitment. Thank you for your investment. Uh, we've certainly been blessed personally, but uh, it's, it's not really about the missionaries. It's about the people that are being reached. And I just felt the only one that can adequately convey that is God. But I feel like he wants to convey this word of thank you. So what I'd like to do is just quickly give a bit of an overview of what we see as the modern missions movement. And, and it can be really characterized in what we would call four successive waves. So the first wave of this modern missions movement can be characterized by missionaries getting the heart of God. Getting the heart of God to go to where the gospel has not yet gone before. And as it's been said many times, William Carey, who's known as the father of modern missions, got God's heart. And you know, during a meeting with other Christian leaders and pastors, he got up and he shared God's burden for the lost. He got up and shared God's burden for those that have never heard. And one of the leaders at this particular uh, meeting addressed him and he basically rebuked William Carey. This, these words really capture much of the mindset of where the church was at at this particular point in time. He said, young man, sit down. When God pleases to convert the heathen, he will do it without your aid or mine. And, you know, as we look back upon history, despite this strong rebuke, William Carey went on to India and he became a force for powerful, powerful transformation. You know, amongst many other things, he saw the scripture translated and printed in over 40 different languages. What a powerful, powerful impact William Carey had upon this nation. Now, one of the, one of the important things to note as we go through these different waves of modern missions is that with each successive wave, there hits a point where there's, there's something that is catalytic in unlocking a fresh sense of urgency to go to the lost. And this is one of the key elements that we see in modern missions. So we, see, we saw a great surge of people going to coastal areas during that, that first era, William Carey and others, that would go to these outposts and the colonial powers provided the protection for them to go and do missionary work. But then as, we, as, this, as this began to happen and this began to be the norm, God started to place a fresh sense of urgency upon others. And one of those others was a person called Hudson Taylor. Hudson Taylor founded the China Inland Mission. And he felt this deep sense of burden from God that it wasn't just enough for missions to go to the people in the coastal areas. You know, missionaries would go to those coastal areas because there was protection from the colonial powers. It was relatively uh, safe in comparison to other situations. But he felt this great burden from God that what about the people in the inland areas? And, you know, at the time, that was a radical thought. Because why would a person want to go to these inland areas where there was no protection, where there was no sense of protection from the, the powers that be? And so God used, God used Hudson Taylor to catalyze this second wave in modern missions. And it was this, this push, not just into coastal areas, but it was this push to take the gospel into the inland 
hearts of these different nations. And so we see the formation of China Inland Mission. Inland mission. Another person that was so uh, instrumental in this second wave is the famous English cricketer C.T. Studd. And, you know, God, he was a part of China Inland Mission and then God began to place this deep burden into his heart for the peoples of Africa. And C.T. Studd formed today what we know as WEC, World Evangelization Crusade. You know, this quote captures the heartbeat of C.T. Studd. He said this, Some wish to live with the sound of a chapel bell. I wish to run a rescue shop within the yard of hell. So what we saw is we saw this fresh surge to take the gospel to people that have never heard the gospel. The third wave of modern missions was characterized not primarily by geography. So the first wave, coastal, second wave, inland, both geographic focuses. But the underlying uh, current, the underlying thing that made these waves surge forward was this urgency that came from, from God to take the gospel to where it was not. And this same urgency characterized, by, characterized the third wave, but the third wave uh, came with a different focus. And the third wave came within the context of what we would call demographics or unreached people groups. And so what the third wave brought us was a new framework or a new way of thinking as it related to missions. And someone that we may know, being Ralph Winter, was instrumental, such a strategic thinker who had an incredible desire to see the gospel go to where it was not. We think about the nation of India, one political nation, but hundreds and hundreds of people groups with different culture, different ways of thinking, different languages, different things that, that move their hearts. And so what Ralph Winter and others provided was he provided a fresh framework for this urgency that comes from the heartbeat of God. That there are people within the nation of India that have a, a way of thinking and, a, and different things that move their heart and we need to tap into that. We need to understand what motivates them. We need to understand the redemptive stories from within their culture so we can see those people have an opportunity to hear a clear presentation of who Jesus actually is. And so we see that this third wave was largely characterized by unreached people groups and demographics to see the gospel to go to all peoples. Now we find ourselves in what we call the fourth wave of modern missions. And the fourth wave of modern missions is this is this, this surge of God's Spirit, which again is characterized by God's unchanging heart, His unchanging heartbeat that all people would know Him, that all people would have an opportunity to respond to Him, that all people would have an opportunity to hear the message of Jesus, that all nations would, would be discipled and, and grow in their knowledge and understanding of the ways of God. And so this fourth wave, what it does is as each successive wave rolls forward, it, it doesn't neglect the focus of that previous wave, but it embraces the focus of that previous wave, but provides a new framework for how we do missions. So this fourth wave, yes, it's all about geography. It's about the coast. 
It's about the cities. It's about the inland. It's about the villages. Yes, it's all about unreached people groups. But one of the things that this fourth wave has brought to us is this understanding of how to disciple nations. You know, as we look at, as we look at the two great commissions, Mark 16, 15 and Matthew 28, 19, we see in Mark 16, 15, this sense of urgency to preach the gospel to all creation. And as we look at that great commission there in Mark 16, 15, it's about us preaching the gospel in this generation. So when we think about it, it's about this generation preaching to this generation. As we look at the Great Commission that's presented in Matthew 28, 19, it's actually about multi-generational discipleship. It's about seeing the gospel not just preached and people hearing, but it's seeing the gospel preached. It's about making disciples of all nations. And so one of the things that's been unpacked in such a, such a clearer way during what we would term now this fourth wave of missions is it's not just about preaching the gospel, but it's about discipling nations. It's about discipling nations in the ways of God. It's about seeing nations not just turn their, their hearts to God, but it's about seeing nations turn their thinking to God. It's about seeing the structures of those nations uh, reflect a biblical understanding and reflect a godly way of doing things. And so we've seen incredible teaching come through what we would call this fourth wave of modern missions. And this fourth wave of modern missions really, really captures what we would call the gospel of the kingdom. It's not just the gospel of salvation, but it's the gospel of the kingdom that wants to transform whole communities, whole cities, and whole nations to reflect who God actually is. So as we think about this fourth wave, we have these three streams. And part of what God has done is he's, he's brought these three streams together in this fourth wave of modern missions, which is the proclamation and the preaching of the gospel. This is something we've always seen. The importance of the presence of God coming into cultures, into cities, into communities. And the importance of people, Christians, who are called by God into the marketplace, knowing that where God has called them is not just a job to earn finance, but it's a calling from God to, to, to see, see transformation come. And you know, so often up until this point, and still sometimes, these three different um, streams uh, are seen to be somewhat in conflict with each other. You know, sometimes people... Would, the, the missionary or the evangelist would say to those that are called into the marketplace, if you're really serious about reaching the world, you'll, you'll become a missionary or evangelist. Or sometimes the people that are committed to prayer would say, if you're really interested in reaching the world, you'll stop, you'll stop uh, preaching the gospel and you'll get, out, you'll get down on your knees and you'll start crying out to God for transformation. Or maybe those that are in the marketplace would say to the missionary or the evangelist or those that are committed to prayer, if you really want to see transformation, then you'll get into the real world and you'll start demonstrating God out here. And one of the things, one of the awesome things that we've seen is we've seen through humility and through a deeper understanding from God, we've seen these three different streams actually coming together. 
And you know, it's as these three streams come together, and this is what, we, this is what we've seen in many nations of the earth, it's when these three streams come together that we begin to see transformation in nations. When we talk about missions, we have to look at the ultimate goal. And the ultimate goal is that we would see the kingdom of God coming in and transforming a community. It's not just about preaching the gospel, but it's about seeing transformation come. And so in this fourth wave of modern missions, we're seeing how prayer, we're seeing how the proclamation of the gospel, and we're seeing how people who are called by God into the marketplace, when that hits a critical point, we begin to see catalytic things take place. We begin to see people responding to God. And one thing I'd want to add to that is when we see the Bible, when we see the Word of God distributed into a community, we begin to see transformation taking place in that community. But you know, one of the things that hinders, one of the things that slows down this sense of urgency, this sense of burden to see the gospel go forth is worldliness. And when worldliness begins to fill our hearts, when worldliness begins to consume our, our minds, our focus gets lost. Our sense of urgency diminishes. We see in 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 to 17, it says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away. But whoever does the will of God, whoever does the will of God, lives forever. You know, as we look at this passage here, we see these three things for everything in the world. The lust of the flesh. You know, as we think back to the Garden of Eden, we see that when Adam and Eve talked about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they said the tree was good for food. The lust of the flesh. I want. What are the things that we want, that we think that we, we've got to have? They also said the tree was pleasurable to the eyes. What are the things that we want? What are the things that we think we need? They also said the tree was desirable for gaining wisdom. So what we see here, for everything in the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, is the things that we often think we need. The lust of the eyes are the things that we often want. And the pride of life are the things we think, I must have this. I must have that particular thing. You know, when we think about this urgency that's historically been characteristic, this urgency take the gospel forward. It comes from a group of people that have a deep commitment 
to do the will of God. And as we, as we look at God's heart for the peoples of the earth, as we look at God's heart for the nations, God wants to raise up missionaries. He wants to raise up many of you, not just as missionaries, but as people that would be called by God into the marketplace to see transformation. He wants to raise up intercessors. People that would carry the sense of urgency. People that would understand the times. People that would pray. People that would intercede without ceasing and trust God for change to come in the nations of the earth. You know, the thing that often takes away that sense of clarity, the thing that takes away the sense of clarity of the kingdom of God and what God is doing now is the love of the world. The lust of the flesh, what we think we need. The lust of the eyes, what I want. And the pride of life, what I must have. God wants to come into our hearts afresh. He wants to give us the clarity, the clarity of vision, the clarity of what he's doing in the nations clarity of his sense of burden to see the gospel go to all peoples and all nations. And every single one of us has such an awesome responsibility and the awesome privilege of being a part of this great move of God. The sense that I had was that God wants to come today and he just wants, wanted to give a bit of a just really big yet brief picture of some of the moves of God in modern missions. He wanted to come and highlight just the, just the simple command of Jesus that, that we're called to go. We're called to make disciples. We're called to baptize nations. Felt this sense of, of clarity, that God would come and give us clarity as to what, what is it that would pull away the godly sense of urgency in our hearts in seeing the Great Commission fulfilled? What would blind our eyes and hold us back from having the sense of urgency that God would want us to have? Not talking about having a drivenness. Not talking about having a compulsion. I'm talking about having a sense of urgency that's directed by the Holy Spirit. And I believe that the thing that takes away is that we get consumed with what we think we need. We get, we get consumed with what we want. We get consumed with what I must have. Worldliness. And it pulls us away from having the clarity that we need to carry God's burden, his sense of urgency for the gospel to go to all nations. We may not be called to go into cross-cultural missions. You may not be called to go into cross-cultural missions, but God, God has a, a part for you to play. Whether that's going short-term, whether that's praying and interceding, whether that's giving, whether that's developing a fresh sense of vigor, a fresh sense of burden for the vocation that God has called you to do there in Canada fresh sense of burden to understand how your vocation is critical in seeing transformation come 
to the nation of Canada. So my hope is that God would come and he would refresh your hearts. He would encourage your hearts and strengthen you as you have been deeply committed to seeing the nations reached. So God would come and refresh your hearts with a fresh sense of urgency, a fresh sense of commitment, a fresh sense of seeing as he would see so the nations can be reached and the nations can be discipled in the ways of God. You know, God's heart is that he, he won't relent until all people have had an opportunity to hear. God's heart is that he won't relent until people have had an opportunity to respond to his message. And so, you know, as, at, a, at a very personal level, you know, the thing that God is looking for from each of us the thing that brings transformation in missions is not structures, not great mission agencies, not programs. The thing that is transformational in missions is people that are committed to being disciples of Jesus. And disciples of Jesus then multiply other disciples. You know, today the most transformational movements that are taking place in missions are not the ones in big churches. They're the ones that are happening at an underground level where God is sweeping through China, Indonesia, parts of North Africa as disciples are made and then they disciple other people. You know, at a personal level, the thing that God is looking for from us is, is, is are, we, are we with him? We looked at in Matthew 28, 19, all authority has been given to me, therefore go. Are we under his authority? Are there any areas in our life that we need to bring under his authority? And you know, as we would do that, God would then give us the clarity and the perspective of how to play our role in going and seeing the nations reached. You know, it's such a privilege to be with you this morning. It's such a privilege to, um, to be a part of Christ Community Church. And, you know, again, just want to finish off by conveying that sense of God's heartbeat to you. Thank you. Thank you for investing in the nations. Thank you for giving. Thank you for going. Thank you for responding to God's call. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we ask for your heart. Lord, as we're here today, we pray that your word would fill our hearts. Lord, as Billy Graham once said, we pray that Christ, that Jesus, that you would fill our hearts and, there and therefore there would be no room for the world. And so, Lord, today we just pray for a deep in feeling, Lord Jesus, deep in feeling, of our hearts, deep in filling of our minds, so that there would be no room for the world, no room for worldliness. And that, Lord, as that would take place, you would give us a fresh sense of urgency, a fresh sense of urgency that would, that would direct us in our praying, would direct us in our sharing, 
that would direct us in our giving, that would direct us in how we go about our daily life. Lord, this is our prayer. And Lord, we ask that you would come and work in our hearts in this way. We pray this and we receive this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. God bless.